0: Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The title sponsor of this episode is Peterson Toyota. They're the largest dealership in Northern Colorado. They've been doing it for 50 years. Their staff is top notch. They put your needs first. They got an awesome selection at best prices and their staff will help you find the car or truck that is right for you. A couple new vehicles they've got out this year that you need to check out. One is the Toyota Fortuner GR Sport. It's a body on frame rear wheel drive SUV really sharp looking vehicle. And you've also got the 2021 RAV4. It's a hybrid. Uh, You can choose from 17 or 18 inch alloy wheels. They've got a two-tone roof, enhanced 10-year hybrid battery with 106 warranty from the date of first use or 150,000 miles, whichever comes first. This is an awesome, awesome car as well. Oh, and they're also looking to buy your car. All right. They want to give top dollar. Uh, They will make a cash offer to you. So if you're interested in that, call their used car manager, Casey Botkin, 970-266-7315. And he'll take care of you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please support our great sponsor, Peterson Toyota. Give them first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm here with Michael Rowe as usual. We're just hours away from kickoff 7 p.m. matchup against South Dakota State Friday night podcast earlier this week with Dakota News Now sports news anchor and CSU alum Zach Borg. Uh, He gave us a great preview of the Jackrabbits. Hope you had a chance to listen to that. Uh, He also, by the way, believes the Jackrabbits will win this game. So that's, um, you know, it's funny. There's been a lot of chatter on the message boards this week about the betting line for the game. And unbelievably, it did open with CSU as a three and a half point underdog at some sports books. And, uh, then at one point yesterday on, uh, Wednesday, it, it swung the other way where CSU was favored by upwards of two and a half to three. Uh, but I found it yesterday evening at points bet. CSU was still an underdog at plus two and a half. Uh, I jumped on that. It's, uh, it's scary because odds makers know what they're talking about. They know how to set these lines, but, um, you know, I think it's very easy at this point of the year where where you're looking at last year's results and rosters uh, from both teams. And I guess that's all you can do right now. But you know, I know that CSU has added some key pieces. I know last year was pretty uh, odd circumstances for the program. So I am taking the two and a half points and running with it. I am feeling good about it as well. I would money line the game if, if I could, but the game was not, there was no money line at, my, at that book that I joined. But Um, I would be mad if we lost the game and covered anyway. So um, anyway, Dan Miller, our friend and sponsor from Mighty River Brewing Company is here joining us today. He's uh, he's going to listen in and ask a few questions of our other guest, which is athletic director, Joe Parker, joining us for our monthly catch up Uh, Dan. Thanks for joining us, buddy. You excited for football?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to getting back into it, getting back over to the stadium tailgating, hopefully winning some games, hopefully winning Friday against the Jackrabbits. Yep. We should,
0: we should have, when we have John, we should probably uh, see if he can arrange. I know there's the new Belgian porch. Maybe we can have the mighty river back porch.
1: Yeah, I, that'd be great. And I'd I'd be just happy to have a keg somewhere in the stadium. You know, (laughs) that works too.
0: (laughs) That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, Before we talk football, tell us uh, about your, the latest beers you got on tap, some of the new ones.
1: Yeah, um, so now that we're into September, we had to bring out the uh, used to be October now it's September. Uh, everything seems to be kind of moving up in the in the in the beer world as far as seasonal beers go. the The pumpkin ale we released it earlier this week, um, our Autumn River pumpkin ale. So that's that's a new one, um, well seasonal one I should say. And then uh, that's out now, and then the Marzin, our Riverfest Marzen Lager is in the lager tank and it will be ready probably here in about two weeks. So, awesome. um, which of course leads up to Riverfest, our, our actual Riverfest party that we have at the brewery. And yeah, tell, us, tell se- us what to expect with that. Yeah. That's September 18th. It starts at 11. Um, we're going to be having, you know, our normal seating in the tap room and, and our patio, but we're also moving, uh, some seats and some tents and stuff out into the parking lot. Um, just, we, we, did that last year because of COVID, but we decided to keep doing it because, Hey, you know, the more the merrier. So, um, so that's, we're looking forward to that. This will be our third one. And, um, we've got the, you know, the big leader steins that you can drink your margin out of if you like. And, uh, um, you know, we'll obviously have football on the TVs and we'll have live music and we'll have. Uh, we have a food truck coming this year. That's going to do some German food for us. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I encourage everybody to come on out, check us out. Uh, the good news is the Rams are on the road, uh, that Saturday. So good planning. Uh, something to do. Yeah. Well planned. Yeah.
0: So
2: Dan you. with, with all your beers that you have right now, what's the best one for an all day drinking tailgate beer?
1: We have several, uh, a lot of lighter stuff I mean I, I really like our um, our pineapple pale ale that's a that's a favorite um, it's an all all day one kind of a session we've got a hate locale hazy IPA um, you know we've got the the Pilsner lager so we've got quite a few uh, our red uh, red ale so yeah all, all those I think would fit the bill Mike love it
2: love it I'll, I'll walk across the grass and uh, grab some from you tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, please do. I'll have some with me. Definitely.
0: Well, I, I sure enjoyed uh, sitting with you, having a couple beers with you and, and our friend Brady Hall uh, from KFKA in Northern Colorado. Um, by the way, he does a great job. If you guys are not listening to his, the stuff that he's putting out, which we're now linking to on uh, Ram Nation, the Ram Nation homepage, we're linking all of his, his CSU related interviews then you're missing out because he does an awesome job. He's getting great, great guests. So, uh, Dan and, and Michael, what, uh, what are you expecting to see tomorrow night?
2: Oh, you go ahead, Dan.
1: Okay. I I'm, I'm expecting that I think there could be a little bit of rust on, on both sides, uh, to start. Uh, I do hope we come out swinging and, um, and get up to a, get up to a lead and, and take control of the game, of course. But um, I think we could see a little bit of sluggishness uh, right out of the gate. Maybe not, maybe they're fired up because there'll be fans um, and, and, and a, probably a good atmosphere. Um, hopefully we have a good crowd uh, somewhere in the 30,000 plus range would be great. Um, but I feel good about it overall. I mean, I know we're not favored, but I, I, I think our defense has real potential. I, and I think we could we could surprise some people with our defense. I, I like our our front seven seems to be pretty stout, and um, I think that could bode well for us. A little more concerned about the offense. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But I like at least one you know what we're all hearing about uh, the the running back transfer from from BC, and our line seems to be um, apparently is improving. So. I guess we'll see. But I'm excited. I, I
0: think I think we can definitely win it. Yep. You know, I think with uh, I think we'll see a lot of that 12 formation with the two tight ends because you got uh Cam Butler and you've got uh, uh Trey and in, in two of the two really probably two of the top tight ends in the in the conference, and Trey's maybe one of the best in the country. Um so that's a that's a nice blanket, a security blanket for quarterback who's you know, what, he's got four starts in his career under his belt, or not even, no, he did, what, he started two games last year? So uh, he just doesn't have a lot of, of game activity, game action. So that's that's always good when you have dependable tight ends there. And then obviously, yes, the running back is a, is a key, and, and he's got some weapons on the end too. So uh, Dante yeah. Wright obviously is – is he's going to be an all-conference performer. So I, I feel like the pieces are there on offense if, if, Tadi – can not just play well, but stay healthy. <laughs> because if he goes down, it's scary. It's scary with the true freshmen as your backup.
2: Michael? Uh, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to tomorrow is, is watching our defense. You know, last year, I mean, everyone can point to the, to the three losses. But, you know, really that was not on the defense. The defense played well against, you know, you look at two of the most powerful teams, you know, Boise State and San Diego State. And our defense did their job, you know. Our defense did their job a lot, and I look forward to that. You know, I think our front seven will crash the offensive line. You know, San Diego, South Dakota State's strength is is definitely the running game. So if we could stuff that, they you know they have a new starter, and, and you know, on his third team, you look at a player like that. You know, obviously they haven't became the man. You know, at a, at a school, so we stop the run. We keep, you know, we crash, we contain, you know, he's kind of an athletic quarterback. We contain him inside the pocket. And we rattle him. I think that's the, you know, the recipe to, for getting some turnovers, you know, looking at last year's uh, win against Wyoming. That's exactly what we did is, is, you know, we rattled their quarterback. We hit him and knocked him on the ground and we stuffed their run and, and we got those turnovers and, and we blew that game open early. Um, you know, I'm also excited. You know, Coach Adazio is undefeated at Kansas Stadium. He has never lost a game there. And, and he's yeah. undefeated in, in home openers. So I, you know, looking forward to, to seeing that continue. You know, his, his press conference earlier this week, he he pointed to the fact that we have truly seven starters on the offensive line. That wasn't the case last year. We we kind of were piecing together an O-line we had with, with graduation and some transfers out of the program. And so we really didn't have that time to gel. The We didn't have the numbers. But hearing him, especially somebody with the offensive line expertise that Coach Adazio has, to hear him talk specifically about having seven starters, that's a great sign. You look at our uh, – David Bailey, our, our – running back transfer from B.C., one of the best running backs in the ACC uh, last year. And you could see them moving that line. And and when that happens, and that was something that we we, we truly didn't have last year, but when you have that strong running game where you're ripping off four, five, six yards of carry, that takes so much pressure off your quarterback. And – when Toddy doesn't have to make that play, that helps us out a ton. Obviously, the game's gonna rest on his shoulders, you know, and what if he can do that game management piece and 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 he can make the plays when when he has to. Um, you know, I see I see the Rams, you know, walking out of out of canvas tomorrow night, you know, with a W.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm I'm most excited to watch the brand of football. I mean, winning to me is imperative. I mean, if you lose this game, and I've seen people rationalize this, if you lose the game, you can survive. You got Vanderbilt the next week; you win that, you can get back on track. But for one, it's optics. As good as San Diego State is, Jesus, you cannot you cannot lose this, to start the season to an FCS school, no matter how good they are. Especially when we're where we're at with trying to build this program, it would hurt our fan support certainly just be like (laughs) big 12 really going to come call into a school that just lost to an fcs school after all these other crappy seasons for the last 10 years you know it's it's just thing you know it's just it's just another component just i don't know how we would get over that maybe could go on and have a halfway decent year uh if you got hot but i think you lose that game it makes getting to bowl eligibility difficult i mean there's a lot we got a tough schedule you can't lose to the fcs team at home so uh, but what I want to see is the brand of football, which we, I think we started seeing last year, just toughness, like God, it, it, toughness and and then engagement and like enthusiasm. I, I can't tell you how many games and we sit right behind the bench and, and in the Bobo era, just the lack of like enthusiasm or care with that, with the team, which is they were so uh, just discombobulated from each other. Not, not real. Like there's no camaraderie. It didn't seem like, and, and you started to see, especially in the the Border War game, that that team was playing with passion. And then, you know, as the, the clock ticked down, they were they were fired up, and and there was some pride there. And I think with the the senior leaders that chose to came back, they just just didn't turn seniors and and have and here they are in their senior year. They actually could have moved on in their lives in their career, but they chose to come back for one more year under this coaching staff. I think that tells me that they should have the right kind of guys in place that make sure you don't go awry in a game like this. That you. You play uh, every single down, every single second, uh, every single quarter. And, and that's what I want to see. I want to just see a smash mouth. And I'm hoping that we see that really come to fruition uh, Friday night. So um, we think about, is there a benefit to, to South Dakota State having played back in May? I mean, they played 10, 10 games this year. We've played four in about 21, 22 months. Is there an advantage there, do you think?
1: I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, And and I'm assuming that the rules about uh, players being able to come back because of COVID is also uh, applicable in the FCS, correct? Yeah. yeah. So they're well oiled after what they've done. And that was just a few months ago, really. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: less than four uh, months ago.
1: Yeah. So that, yeah, I think that's, that's an advantage for them. Definitely. You know,
2: part of it's an advantage, obviously everything that you just said is true. You know, there, there hasn't been that lag time, but football is an extremely demanding sport. We all know that. And when you, and there's a reason why there's such a big layoff between a season between uh, each season, you know, you finish up in December, January, and you only go like 15 practices in the spring. And then then you have that time off. You get that chance to lift, to rebuild that uh, muscle that, you know, to to recover from all those injuries. And they didn't have that. You know, that's one of the things that I think will play in our advantage is, yes, we might have that rust compared to them, but we're also going to have that strength – compared to them where their, where their muscles are still rebuilding, are still healing. Ours are going to be refreshed. And so I think that's going to be, that's going to be one thing that will play in our, in our favor come tomorrow night.
0: Here's one other thing that I think plays into our favor. And and this was a good point by Zach in our, our podcast earlier this week. He, he mentioned that, you know, there, there's no film on us, really. We've got 10 games of film on them. Right there. We've had four games last year um, with different quarterback, with a lot of different personnel. We got probably two new guys on our offensive line. Uh, We've added guys to our roster. Um, We have a new offensive coordinator. You know, so what kind of film are they going to have on us Four games? that which can you really take much away from that? you can look at Adazio's old tendencies. You could, you know, what else though can you do? Meanwhile, we've got 10 games of film on these guys from, from last, from not just last year, but three months ago. So, um, you know, they have a new quarterback who, who seems like he's a a dual threat guy and, um, and we'll have to figure, figure him out. But overall, I would, I would hope that this veteran coaching staff that's been doing this for a lot of years, especially coach Adazio and coach heater, that they can, they can figure out a game plan uh, to where we can control the game and uh, exploit things, exploit their weaknesses. Well, there's, there's not, you know, they have, haven't shown a lot, but they did lose two games last year, right? So, so um, they're not, they're not the second coming. So, it, you got to find a way to win the game, and and I hope that it's, I hope there's a statement. I hope we we say, wow, this team really came out and and took it to them, uh, and. <laughs> Kind of set the stage for for hosting an SEC team the follow following week because you can then start to build some momentum of this this season, which we really we need. We our fans need it bad. I think I could see a scenario if if we do get hot early in the year and and you and you bring uh, you start getting the bandwagon going, and, and next thing you know, canvas starts filling up, which we really could use. You
2: know, we we start off tomorrow night with a win. There's no reason that we don't go into Iowa City at 3-0, you know, and you allude to it, the toughness, you know, and, and we saw that last year. And, and obviously, we all know our record last year, but you're right. I mean, it's – last year's kind of – we didn't get a full season. And, you know, we talked about this last year. I think I think if we get that New Mexico game in to start the season, I don't see us losing to, to Fresno. You know, we get 2-0, and we go into the Wyoming game, we get a third win, we're 3-0. and that changes a lot, and, and I think that we, I think we beat Air Force. I think we beat UNLV. I think we beat Utah State. That's a six-win team. You know, that's a six and two team compared to whatever our one and three is. Um, and so we have that toughness, and I, and I think we we build on that tomorrow night, and we get that win. I think that's it's going to just keep snowballing and snowballing, snowballing, and and, and I can see us. We come out the right way. I could see us having a, a pretty big season.
1: Yeah, I I agree, guys. I think I think tomorrow night is a must-win. And I think, like you're saying, Mike, we we need to get to a point where we get some momentum. And I think I think we can win tomorrow night, even though we're not favored. I think we can win. And when we get to Vanderbilt, I think we can win that one too. At the very least, give them a heck of a game, and and hopefully, I know a lot of people say there's no moral victories, but you know, going toe to toe with uh, even a lower SEC team is, I think, would be a, a good thing for the program. Um, hopefully, get the W, but we'll see. And then you got yeah Toledo, and then and then Iowa. Um, that Iowa's gonna that's gonna be a tough one, but Toledo's. I would think would be winnable and then get into conference and, and see what we can do. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, I think, I think at least a bowl appearance is, is very doable.
0: All right, guys, predictions, scores, what's happening tomorrow,
2: Michael. And you know what my record is making predictions. Uh, it hasn't been too strong. I, I, I still think, that we deserve that nine seed in 2015 Um, and that we should have beat Utah by 24 to 14. Um, You know, if Toddy comes out and doesn't make mistakes, we should win by two touchdowns. I could see, I could see a 31 17 win, maybe a 28 17 win. That's if we don't make mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we're gonna win. I think it's gonna be close though. Um, but I think I think uh something like 31, 28, something like that. But it's gonna be close. I, I agree, yeah. If we just can play some good, clean football, mistake free, um, make the proper adjustments when needed. Um, it'd be nice to see uh see us prevail. Maybe have our our you know be up against it a little bit, a little adversity, and then maybe do the right things to win a game would be really cool for Ram fans. I mean, I know everybody would love to just see us blow them out. I I would too, but um, I I think a close game with a, with a win works for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be maybe a little sloppy at first. Uh, You know, it's been a long time since we played and, but uh, I think if you weather an, an initial storm, because they might come out and try to set the tone early and, uh, if we can weather that first quarter and then just settle in and make plays, start start controlling the, the line of scrimmage on both sides. Um, you know, I, 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 I would like to see, and I think that CSU will win, I'm not going to say going away, but 10 to 14 points. All right, well, how cool is this? We have Joe Parker, athletic director at a major FBS institution, willing to talk to us and the fans every month especially just 24 hours before opening football kickoff. Um, These podcasts have been some of our most listened to episodes. So um, I know that people love hearing from Joe and, and uh, we've heard from many fans that they have a entirely new respect and appreciation for Joe after listening to, you know, the way he, he spends time with fans this way and in in his commentary. So it's fantastic. And Joe, we really appreciate you and spending this time with us.
3: You bet Joel. Good to see you all, Mike Dan. Wonderful. Good to see you, Joe.
0: Yeah. How uh, how's everything going? Are you ready for tomorrow? Big day.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, it feels like it's been a long time coming. You know, last year was very lonely on campus without fans. You know, we only had one football game, and it was really strange to be one of the few people that was there to observe and and uh, not being a you know direct participant on the field or the sideline within the team box, but. Um, You know, boy, you know, uh, you know, it's been great to see the response from fans. Um, You know, I just left Chris Ferris's office, wanted to kind of get the latest on where we are number wise and and uh, proud of uh, the way Ram Nation's responding.
0: That's why was one of my questions. How how is Ram Nation responding? Yeah. What's the crowd going to look like?
3: Yeah, so, you know, I just want to kind of position this a little bit. You know, we had some week zero games last week. You know, UCLA, Hawaii, uh, Nebraska, Illinois, you know, those those contests drew, uh, you know, roughly about 30, 32,000 fans, I think, and, and venues that are much larger than Canvas Stadium. And uh, Chris is convinced that we're going to get to the 30,000 mark for uh, tomorrow night's game. Um, you know, students have responded remarkably well. We already have close to 8,000 downloads on, you know, them activating, claiming a ticket, you know. um, So that's been fantastic. And we did a faculty staff appreciation uh, ticket giveaway. Um, Now that's not obviously going to contribute to paid attendance, but we're, I think about 2,700 tickets that have been claimed by faculty staff. We allowed every faculty staff member to claim up to two plus parking. Uh, So, you know, you aggregate all that up and maybe what we might get from walk up and Chris and his team think that we could, we could surpass 30,000. So that's, that's exciting, um, you know, to get that many people back in the stadium and on a, you know, Friday night, you know, everyone's always disappointed about a Friday night kick. And I keep telling people as soon as I can modify the way the sun rotates on its access and, and uh, the fact that we sit in the mountain time zone, you know, maybe there's something we could actually do about that, but, but it is what it is. And our TV partners are going to tell us when they, see the most desirable uh, broadcast windows and you know another piece of good news about tomorrow night's game is we're on Fox Sports 1 so we're on on FS1 it'll be a national broadcast and that's a a great opportunity to showcase the program and our fans and the enthusiasm and excitement that's around our program.
0: Really great that's a great reason to have the game on Friday so uh, is there a buzz around campus have you felt it with students?
3: Yeah, starting to feel it quite a bit, um, you know, we saw, you know, building even last week, uh, well, you know, even the week before, you know, I'll, I'll dial back to the, you know, all the Ram Welcome Week activities, you know, we brought uh, students in the stadium on the Saturday night, uh, which would have been, you know, a week ago last Saturday for part of the orientation and, and the crowd size was remarkable. They offered it to every first-year student as kind of a, a mandatory experience. And then they also included all of last year's first-year students, so sophomores this year. And uh, I, I'd say we probably had, you know, 7,000, 8,000 students in the stands, and they were engaged. And we had uh, women's basketball, volleyball, uh, all of men's basketball, some of our representation from football Um, from roster members and they got on the microphones and got the crowds energized and that was kind of the precursor to last Saturday which was our first hosted event and Moby with volleyball playing Northwestern and we had a crowd of uh, well over 5,000 and I'd say nearly half of those were students so again you know we're seeing great response from our students so hopefully it's an opportunity for us to elevate you know our, our culture from a student perspective you know got to get them in the stadium, got to get them cheering, you know, got to get them to stay into the second half. But, you know, that was the message particularly from football when, when they were there for the the, the welcome back event.
0: What about the coaching staff, the team and its readiness to play out? What's your sense there?
3: Yeah. You know, uh, enthusiasm, excitement, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, you get through camp and you're, you're anxious to hit someone other than, you know, your teammates that you share a locker room with and, and kind of really measure yourself against someone else other than playing each other. Um, And I think they're, they're, they're going to respond. I think what you will see is a a tough team that's highly motivated that wants to play well together. That's playing as a team. Um, You know, I, I, you know, we've talked about this, I think line play on both sides of the ball will be, will be a strength for our our program, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You know, run game, I think will look different with the, with the, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, personnel that's in that running backs room, you know, particularly the transfer David Bailey from Boston college. And then, you know, you, you map in some of the guys that have been with us for a while with, with Marcus and Ajon Vivens and, and um, you know, it's going to be exciting. And then certainly tight end play is going to be some of the best we'll see in the conference on our, on our team. And uh, you know, Uh, Dante Wright has always been a difference maker since he stepped on campus. So he, he adds to the verticality of the game and, you know, defensively, you know, defensive line is going to be outstanding. I think, um, hopefully they pick off exactly, pick pick up exactly where they were last year. Linebacker play is going to be good and secondary, you know, opportunities for growth and how to prove themselves on the field of play.
2: So Joe, you mentioned in our last podcast about the difficulties, Hiring for stadium support roles, and after attending the Broncos game last Saturday, their concessions was an utter disaster. Um, so, what what should we as fans expect for Friday night? And you know, what are some of the words of wisdom that you would impart on the Ram faith, faithful?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we've been trying to stay on top of it. Obviously, you know um, you know, others have hosted major events before we have, we've been thinking about it, talking about it, planning for it. We've got great partners. Spectra is our concession and and, and uh, you know, they brought regional leadership in to help us kind of manage, you know, that through this first game and, and uh, that, that resource will be on on board through uh the vanderbilt game as well you know we are we are as you noted you know like most others you know struggling a little bit with with staffing up dan i'm sure you're you're seeing that right i mean it's yeah. not not easy yeah. uh, but but from a concessions perspective i think we've got enough people to fully staff all stands with the exception of three so they've kind of done sales assessments of the three lowest uh, yield stands and, and those will not be open at all. Um, but that's, that's a pretty good, I think, run at, at uh, you know, trying to be as fully prepared as possible. Landmark is our partner in the event management staff. They're probably lagging a little bit more than, than uh, Spectre is. We've, we've put out an all call across the departments. We've got you know, staffers that, that you would not ordinarily see working a game day, volunteering to do that. Uh, field management with the chain gang, you're going to see a little bit different flavor there, I think. We've got, uh, you know, it, it's always a volunteer group, but some of those folks were unavailable, really because it was a Friday night and conflicted with commitments that they'd made to uh, to high school football. But, um, you know, we'll we'll be ready, we'll be prepared. You know, I guess what I would share with the fans is, you know, it's a first game. It's a first game coming out of, you know, the, the challenges of a full-on pandemic last year. You know, we're trying to claw our way back forward. So patience, grace, understanding, um, you know, would be uh, helpful. And, uh, and, you know, but I, I think, I think we'll, we'll, we'll put on a great presentation. You know, we'll make it the best we possibly can for fans. You know, worth noting that there is a mask mandate for the indoor spaces of the stadium. And then, uh, you know, the language that we're using for people who'll be outdoors, it's encouraged. You know, it's going to be hard for us to to really, you know, be consistently applying and uh, requesting compliance. So, we, you know, we we hope that people will just be respectful of uh, their own situation and others, and, and do the very best to to you know look after the the health and well
1: being of the community.
2: So, all week long, we've we've had a number of members on Ram Nation which obviously is a kind of a microcosm of our, of our entire fan base um, who are struggling to locate their tickets in their accounts or to access them, access them through their phones. Um, Will there be information kiosks or help locations outside of canvas this season for those fans that are
3: having troubles? Uh, There will be, there'll be people, you know, at, at gates deployed to assist with, you know, that, that uh, download. I think right now, we, we, we've got the ability to look in and see which accounts have, you know, which accounts have created an online sign in uh, for access. And we have the ability to look in and see who has actually downloaded tickets. I think as of kind of mid morning, we had about 63 of our accounts that have successfully downloaded tickets and parking. And that was a jump of almost 10% from the evening before. Uh, so, you know, it's, you know, the first time you do it, 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 it seems challenging but i mean once you do it a couple times it's really intuitive i mean i i i've done it you know and i've transferred some of my staff tickets to to friends and others that will use them for tomorrow's game so i just encourage people to take advantage of the resources that are still available online through csurams.com there's a great tutorial video it's all aggregated under the ticket tab and uh you know once you do it the biggest greatest challenge is really just you know setting up the account with a username and password. And then once you're in there, it's pretty simple to understand it. And the ideal place to start from, which we've talked about before is, is your mobile device, you know, so log in through your web browser, username, password, get into your account and then download it into your, your digital, you know, wallet and, and you're good to go. And the transfer process is, is, you know, a little bit different, but, you know, I think equally, um, with the same level of ease once you've done it a few times.
2: So can I just carry my desktop with me and uh, uh, plug it in at, at one of the gates to try to get in? You're such that, a dinosaur.
3: That, that might be a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, maybe a tablet, uh, but I'd still recommend your, your iPhone or your Android device.
2: Okay, okay, making
3: sure. So who on the call has their tickets in their, on their phone? I
1: do. All right. I do too, I got mine. I transferred. Transferred a bunch today.
3: So what, uh, and, and what do you, I mean, once you got it done, once you accomplished that, what what, what scale of one to 10 of ease?
0: Uh, once you have your account set up, the ease of getting the, ac- 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 accessing the ticket and then putting it in my wallet was 10 out of 10. I mean, super super yeah. easy.
2: Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah I yeah, transferred I to
2: eight different people. So yeah. a, a 10, it took me about five minutes to do all that.
3: Yeah. yeah. Now those eight, if they don't have an account, you know, Mike, they're going to, they're going to have to create one. And that's, you know, that that's a bit of a challenge sometimes. Yeah. Right? Just, they, they've all been accepted. So. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Everyone in this day and age should be used to having to set up accounts <laughs> to do things these days. Right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. how the world works. So yeah. it, it, it may be a few rough patches for a few people, but I think after this year we should be golden. Yeah.
3: You know, we did a digital ticket last Saturday for the volleyball game in Moby and, and you know. Probably you know less than a dozen issues with people that were trying to you know come in with their digital tickets. So that was a good a good you know smaller test, but a good test nonetheless. Um, you know, other thing I should mention is is we are we are at max on parking. So um, you know it's it's obviously been two years since a student has had to exercise the repark process. Um, you know it's a Friday so that'll be a little tighter timeline for the, the turnaround from you know daily activities on campus to game day routine so that's that's another area that people need to think through a little bit and just be patient about um, you know we'll hopefully be able to you know get everyone in in a timely fashion but you know plan for it you know give it a little thought you know try and get there as early as possible um, and, uh, and make your way into the stadium as early as possible you know I I remember um you know home opening game game in 17, you know, that was an experience. The first time that we had the uh the the metal detectors, the white game, you know, another challenge. So so just you know, try and I, I know I love tailgating and and you know, don't want to discourage that, but just you know, try and try and be mindful of the time as a, as we're closing on kickoff. Hey, and then it's also worth noting too, you know, with a Student tailgate that we do in the mobile lot, that south section, that's just just uh, north of of the soccer field. Um, that's reaching capacity, so we're we're really excited about the response from students.
0: That's great. Yeah. Well, I love the uh, the piece you guys put out yesterday or whatever it was. The, the ten things you need about need to know about CSU game day, um, and the one the one component on there, I think it was number ten that talked about the canvas chaos. Uh, with the light show in between the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, I, we've seen the light, the light capabilities throughout, you know, last few years, which is really cool. But hopefully that is kind of a tradition that, that sticks and uh, gets people to stay around, especially students to stay around for that fourth quarter. Yeah. You
3: know, I mean, it, it, you know, we want to, you know, everyone's got to model the right behavior. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not just students, you know, it's, it's everyone. And, you know, I know a 7 p.m. kick with sometimes the length of games isn't ideal, but shoot, we haven't been able to do this in two years. So hopefully that makes people savor the moment and want to be a part of every, every minute of every game this season.
0: And just uh, real quick back to the parking or the, uh, the, yeah, the tailgating is its is it three hours prior to kickoff? Cause I've seen three, I've seen four and that one, one communication I saw six. Uh, did you, what, what
3: are the 10 things you need to know? I think, I think we're shooting for four o'clock. Um, but so three but... hours. All right. Three hours. Yeah, we're, you know, I think I think we're asking faculty, staff members if they don't have a a strong need to be on campus, which, you know, after the exercise of distance uh, virtual workplaces, hopefully they can, you know, skip off campus relatively quickly by two o'clock so that we get a chance to kind of get lots ready for for tailgating and fan arrival.
0: Yeah, it says the, uh, the Coors Light Ram Walk in Ram Town opened at four, but I'm not sure it says anything about the actual parking. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll plan on four.
3: I, I would yeah plan on four. But, you know, I mean, the way this worked last time, uh, the Wyoming game, you know, as, as soon as we felt confident that the lots had cleared and that we had the traffic pattern set up to load campus, you know, we didn't. You know, we didn't hold firm to you know the that you know in this case three hours before kickoff. So, you know, I think if if you come a little bit early, it's likely that we'll be able to uh, allow you to get onto campus.
1: Hey Joe, um, I had a question. We were talking a little bit about you know the kids coming back. You know, for the first all of us really, but um, you know, as you know, we've had a problem with the students not sticking around. is there is there been any thought given to a way to to keep the students there? Or some sort of, I mean, I just i just throwing out an idea here. Some sort of raffle or something with their ticket, or um, stick around and you might win something, or just a little side thing to maybe keep them interested.
3: Yeah, you know, we we've done all those things. We've we've put those in place in the past, even since we've been in Canvas Stadium. Uh, you know, not 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 not. Uh, you know, and, and not de minimis as it relates to kind of the incentive. I, I can't remember what we have done, but I, you know, you know, close to like a thousand dollar prizes, that sort of thing. Wow. Um, and it, you know, you know, obviously there's been winners, but, but it hasn't been enough to really keep, keep a, uh, you know, a large number of students in. And, and that's what I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe we've kind of, you know, broken the older habits, you know, the 8,000 students that have already signed in or, you know, a little more committed, maybe they stick around a little bit more, you know, obviously, you know, what's happening on the football field in the second half and, and you know, might, might hopefully keep their attention, not too much, you know, maybe we got the game put away, but they want to see the end to the, you know, the victory itself. But, right, um, you know, we're going to continue to try and strive for ideas and thoughts, you know, the right, the right music to keep students engaged, the right activities, you know, the right fan engagement activities with, um, with, you know, the spirit groups and, you know, what we can do. And, and then, you know, a lot of it, I think too, is just, you know, some of that peer to peer piece where, you know, the, the, the team's not just football, you know, but every respective team just tells each of their peers, you know, how important it is to feel that support late in the game. Right. Okay.
2: Okay. So um, kind of switching gears, um, want to go to women's soccer. Now, um, our first match, we haven't heard too much coming from our end. Um, we've kind of had to piece together stuff from CU and, and from a Denver media that has never paid attention to either program. Yep. Um, you know, from, from what we've read, from what we've heard, kind of feel both coaches were in the wrong on this. I um, think that there, something could have been handled differently. I, I thought Coach Sanchez for him to expect a team to sit on a bus for three hours and then come out and not even in a locker room where they could stay loose or warm to come out and, and, and play just to get 20 minutes in. I thought that was Bush league. I, I, it wasn't fair to, to our girls. Um, but on the other hand, if, if, if what the CU reports are true about coach Hagan, not wanting to play uh, because we are down three nil, it doesn't look great on, on us. So, my question is, you know, what happened?
3: Yeah. Well, we followed the rules, Mike. We we did what was in the rule book. Um, you know, if if there was going to be any modification to this the, to the played based on weather delays, they would have had to mutually agreed upon that before the start of the game. That was not a, a conversation that was delved into, and and it really was a, a student welfare piece for us. Um, it, you know. Um, it, uh, you know, you, you, you're, you probably know the rules. So start of the game, if, if, uh, if you have less than 60 minutes of play in and, and the forecasted end of the game is going to be outside a three-hour window, then, then it's a no contest. And, and uh, you know, Keely knows the rules and, uh, you know, she was looking out for the interest of, of her squad there was some discussion, you know, CU doesn't have lights, so they, they really couldn't have even resumed play uh, with an expectation of finishing the game on Friday, on the evening. Um, you know, they tried to, what, what day of the week was it? It was Thursday, right?
2: Thursday. Yes.
3: So there was discussion, you know, CU wanted us to come back on Friday to resume play and finish the game. But, you know, by the time we got home, it was close to 10 o'clock. And, you know, they wanted to come us to turn around, come back by 10 the next morning to be ready to play at 10. And again, student welfare, you know, is that, is that really in the interest of our students? You know, I, obviously you want to play, you know, a complete contest and get a result. But, um, Keely called me when they were working through the decision. I think she handled it appropriately. You know, she's a first year coach. She kept her cool. She didn't, you know, raise her voice. Um, she managed it really, really well. I'm proud of how she did handle it. And, uh, you know, the reports that I had was, you know, the CU coaches, you know, were a little more animated and, and, uh, you know, trying to put some undue pressure on her and she didn't cave.
2: That's good to hear. Good to hear. Thank you. Uh, Um, again, like I said, we haven't, haven't heard much. So, I mean, that definitely clears up a
3: lot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, at this point it is what it is. You know, I'm sure they, they would have liked to have recorded a win if, if if you know, if we couldn't have found our way back after being down 3-0. But, um, you know, there's always next year, hopefully.
2: Yeah. So keeping with women's footy, um, so I watched the Sunday match against DU here in Denver, and I noticed the numbers between the two squads were very different. We had, we had five subs in our dugout. Uh, DU had 11. So just curious on, on the rules concerning roster size and what are our scholarship numbers and how do they compare to the other squads in the Mountain West?
3: Yeah, yeah, we, we've got a, a full roster of players, but uh, the entire team was not at DU. So Keely has set some expectations on, on what she's looking for from the team, most of it related to fitness and and uh, for, for those that are prepared and ready to go, um, they're, they're on that travel squad. And, and if, for those that are still trying to reach a level of fitness to, to play at the level that she's looking for, um, you know, they may not be traveling right now.
0: All right. Thanks. Yep. Since we last talked, the, uh, the Pac-12, ACC and Big Ten made their alliance official and i saw this quote from you after that happened i don't remember what publication it was in but you said quote those three leagues stepped up stepped forward to really defend the collegiate model as we know it i think that's a wonderful statement for them to reaffirm that commitment because i think it's important to preserve college football as we know it um, we've seen kind of adasio Kind of give similar sentiments to this, but can you expand on on where that comment come from comes from? I know we've talked off air about what what happened with Texas and Oklahoma and how that affects longtime rivalries and you know relationships. but can you expand on that comment and what what that what that all means?
3: Yeah, I mean for for me, um, you know, the collegiate model is something close to what we're all uh, accustomed to right now, you know where where you know we play. Um, you know, intercollegiate athletics and a model that's directly associated with higher education, where, uh, you know, we still continue to emphasize the, the, the benefit of being um, able to earn a college degree through an athletic scholarship. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we've talked about name, image, and likeness. You know, that, that's, a, a, a I think, a great opportunity for students. but But any movement that demonstrates you know, a, a further migration towards, you know, a pay for play model, I think is just the wrong move. I think that that really, um, you know, will eventually define who we are, who we want to be. So when I say, you know, maintenance of the collegiate model, I think it's those places, those schools that that really might see this differently than, than, uh, you know, by way of example, the SEC, you know, I think there's schools there that, that would be fully prepared to, you know, move towards a, you know, a, a stipend beyond, you know, a scholarship and, and other means to, you know, attract talent. And, you know, I, not, not to say that, you know, it, you know, college is expensive and, it, and it's hard to manage even with a scholarship, um, you know, it's nice to have, you know, family support and those things. Uh, but, but I just think the more that we move towards, you know, ultimately the importance of revenue and the greatest grab for revenue, you know, it doesn't end until you get to the point where, you know, it looks and feels like the NFL. And I think that will be devastating to, you know, college football. Maybe that's where we go. Maybe that's what most people want. And if that's the case, you know, we'll, we'll see a different look, you know, sometime probably after 2030. Uh, you know, I, I'd say, you know, where, where does it stop, right? So, you know, even look at the SEC now, right? You know, the, the Oklahoma and Texas, you know, voted in their own best interest, which that's hard to ignore, you know, when you're faced with those decisions. But, you know, they, they surveyed, you know, their peer group and the Big 12, and they decided that they didn't want to supplement the budgets of some of the lower third any longer, you know, that just, in their mind, didn't make sense. And, um so where does that logic stop, right? So there are schools in the SEC that, that you know, don't have the brand identity and marketplace power that, you know, some of the highest performing programs do. So where does it stop, right? You know, I mean, do they eventually want to separate from those, you know, do, do some of the bigger, more established tradition brands and the big 10 decide they need to be part of, you know, that, that you know, and And like I said, you know, maybe maybe we're on our way to, you know, a league of 32 at the highest level, you know, that are that are, you know, getting even more money from TV, which, you know, puts even further targets on, you know, this, you know, it's a it's a money grab. And, you know, we've got to make this all about everyone getting compensated at the highest level possible, where, you know, I I still think there's space and there should be space for something that's worked for you know, decades, you know, 60, 70, 80 years where access to education means something you get a chance to grow and develop as a student over a four or five year period. And, and there's plenty of time uh, beyond that to to monetize your, your skill set in whatever market you want to join, whether it's continuing to play sports, or, or whether it's in, you know, another profession that can last, you know, for a 40 year career. But, but I'm a dinosaur, I think, anymore sometimes in the way that I think and, and, you know, what I think really doesn't matter. I think, you know, we, we live in a market driven economy. So I think, you know, eventually, eventually what's supposed to be will be realized. And if there's, you know, a a, a group of schools that breaks off the play at that level, and everyone else decides that they're going to be, you know, um, you know, more wedded to the collegiate model, maybe that's where, where it all belongs to
0: along those lines does I mean when you look at this alliance does it mean anything more than just hey let's let's band together against anything that the SEC might be trying to do uh, as far as the playoff goes or anything that might be outside of our interest or do you envision any impacts that that alliance may have on the mountain West in any way
3: uh, I don't know you know it's it's you know it's to be determined, I think in a lot of ways, you know, I think there's, there's obviously a scheduling portion of it, you know, they're trying to ma- manufacture great games for TV to, you know, enhance their value when they move into the discussions about re- renewal extension or, you know, moving to a different partner. Um, you know, there's that, that aspect of, of, you know, just philosophically, you know, w- you know, who do we w- want to be aligned with, you know, what are we going to be thinking about as institutions, as it relates to intercollegiate athletics on in our campus. And then, you know, I think there's also, um, you know, a, a piece of, of, uh, you know, trying trying to get like-minded schools together to to have greater influence as we start to redevelop. You know what, what the NCAA looks like, what uh, what what all of our governance structure looks like, uh, how we might make decisions for the CFP and CFP expansion and access to that 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 playoff opportunity. So I think, you know, all those things you know, motivated, I think, those three leagues to just say, you know, we've got enough commonality, we've got enough, you know, thought and how we feel like things should look in the future that, you know, you know, whether it's just simply a statement or there's more to it, you know, at least it's a framework that they can develop over time.
0: Do you imagine that um, that alliance may mandate that they vacate some of their already scheduled games down the roads to clear room for their own scheduling purposes. I mean, could we potentially lose a CU game, for instance, I know mean, they've got a great relationship with Rick George, but if they're mandated by this Alliance to, to do something, what, what would happen there? Would we, would they owe us money for something like that? Uh,
3: you know, I, I haven't looked at that contract. You know, I can't remember if we put penalties in for cancellation. We typically do, but you know, hope, you know, I think, you know, the way to look at it now, anything is possible, but, you know, there, there'd be a, an expectation that, you know, we, we may remain obligated to play. You know, there's probably other schools that they, they could look at to throw off their schedule rather than, you know, um, looking at the non-conference games that we have put in place with, with CU at this time.
1: Yeah. Joe, do you think some of the other future home-and-homes we have with with those Alliance schools could could be in jeopardy?
3: Uh, you know, again, Dan, it's, you know, I think anything's possible. You know, there's still a lot of unknowns on how this is going to work and, and you know, how they're going to try and manage, you know, you know, scheduling as they move forward. We, we've we been talking to a Pac-12 school right now that that we don't have any paperwork in place about a home-and-home home series that's quite a ways out in the future. You know, they, they've told us even since the Alliance announcement that, they still intend to play. Um, you know, we may have to shift dates a little bit, but, but uh, you know, they, they still like the idea of playing CSU. Okay. Thanks.
0: I, I don't want to keep bringing up this topic of big 12 conference expansion, because frankly, I remember we're all excited about the football season being here and there's a lot of immediate stuff to focus on, but it's always going to be a, a big topic nationally and certainly is for Ram fans and those of us around the Mount West. But, you know, there were a few reports that actually came out today. That said, sources indicate that the Big Twelve is got some initial eyes for you know four specific schools: BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. Um, you know who knows how the relevancy or or how valid some of these these reports are. But have you, you know, thoughts on that? Uh, any have you have we received a phone call? You know anything that you could share along those lines?
3: Yeah, I you know um, what what I've been doing you know since the beginning. Uh, and, and we've talked about this as, you know, I mean, I, I've been around for a while and, you know, worked in the big 12 for 13 years and, you know, feel like I've got a lot of trusted and earned relationships in that conference. People have continued to be very accessible. People have been, um, you know, very willing to kind of share, share thoughts and, and be as transparent as possible. You know, I, I, I think it's going to be, you um, you know, uh, quantitative decision, data driven. It will be, um, you know, a real deep dive into, you know, the TV numbers uh, for all schools that may be under consideration. And um, and the one thing I, I you know, I, I don't know what weight to place on that, but I, I'd say that that's going to be the the majority of the weight that's placed on any determination about growth. Um, for their conference or expansion or rebuilding. You know, I don't think they've come up really with a number yet of where they want to be um, from, you know, two, four, or six. You know, they they have to kind of plan for the eventual departure of Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, And and the one thing I don't understand yet is, is will there be any opportunities to nuance around kind of the qualitative, um, you know, intangibles, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been really open, you know, we, you know, we could be better with our quantitative numbers and, you know, I can turn my TV set on and, but there's gotta be a lot of other people that are compelled to do the same thing. Uh, so, you know, there's a, you know, to some extent a shared responsibility, but I also know that, you know, it helps when your football team's performing better, um, than, than we have, uh, in the last several years. And, and, you know, it's been since 2022, since we've risen high enough to be acknowledged as a conference champion amongst our peer group. So there's work to be done and and we're going to continue to work on all those things. And, you know, I, I, you know, we're going to continue to play football and intercollegiate athletics on the CSU campus. And I want people to be energized about that and help us, you know, do our, do our, very best to be the very best version of who we are and I'm proud of the story we get to tell and I'm going to tell it to as many people that that uh, have interest in listening to it.
2: So in, in this time of, of social media, you know, fans expect everything immediately, you know, on a message where they're they're demanding to know where CSU's at in regards to the Big 12 and so what do you what would you like to say to those fans that want this process to be 150% transparent and that you need to be sending out tweets on the hour to keep us updated constantly.
3: Uh, that's not the way the world works. So, <laughs> And I wake up every day knowing I'm not going to make everyone happy. So for those fans that think, you know, a high level of transparency, you know, that I'm going to share every conversation that I've had, you know, like I said, I've I've, I've I've spent a career earning trusted relationships. And the way that you, you know, the way that you dissolve those quickly is, is to share information that's shared in confidence. So. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to do it just to satisfy someone who's posting on on uh, on a message board. So,
1: hey, hey Joe. Um, so this will probably be a process, uh, and it could take a long time. Could take a couple of weeks, I guess, before mm-hmm. the Big Twelve decides what they want to do. Um, Months, if other what's, what's that? Months or years, even. Yeah, true. Um, if other Mountain West teams were. Taken um, and invited to the Big Twelve. Do you think the Mountain West would be a sustainable league for CSU if if members were taken, other than us?
3: Um. Yeah, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna continue to play FBS football. Um, you know, w- whatever scenario develops, we uh, you know we've got a desire to be able to compete at the highest level. I think there's things about our campus that make that possible. Um, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know what iteration happens, you know, if, if in a round of expansion, you know, we're, we're not absorbed and maybe someone else in the mountain West would be, uh, you know, Joel just detailed what, what he saw as the latest report, you know, in that scenario, there's not a school in the mountain West that would be included if that's what, you know, if that's what would transpire, um, you know, I think we've always felt really satisfied with the solidarity in the league and, and, you know, the competitive set. and, you know, you, you look at what's happening in basketball right now for the Mountain West. I mean, we are, we are, you know, looking to emerge as we were, you know, back when Nico was an assistant, when, what year was that when we had?
0: 2013.
3: 2013, we had five schools that, that made the NCAA tournament, you know, so we're, you know, I think we're, we're reaching that level of play. When you look at the quality of coaches in our league, that's, that's a good indicator, Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, again, it, it, you know, we've got to, we've got to find a way to respond as a fan base. You know, we, you know, tomorrow night's game is, you know, a great demonstration of people reuniting and wanting to be a part of CSU football. We got to keep, you know, that early momentum going, you know, we've got Vanderbilt coming in in week two and, you know, the last time we had an SEC opponent in the building was Air Force, or rather, Air Force was Arkansas, and we, uh, you know, we 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 failed by by I think four thousand seats to reach a sellout. So, you know, we have got to figure out a way to motivate ourselves and each other, and uh, you know, you know, my myself and my team here accept full responsibility for doing that. But you know, we we also need people to respond and be committed and, and do their part as well. Um, you know, we can't drag people out of their homes to, to games. You know, you all have a, a strong peer group of people that you have influence over. And, you know I, I, you know, I challenge each and every one of us to figure out a way to make this happen, to get, you know, to, to demonstrate that, you know, football matters in Northern Colorado and uh, matters here on our campus.
0: Yeah, I think that um, if that scenario played out, obviously we'd want to be part of the, the ability to improve our situation the best that we can. But if that situation panned out and, and none of the Mountain West was touched, you know, then all of a sudden the AAC has lost their three best programs. Mountain West is a clear cut number six and we've got our solidarity. We've got our, our team still intact and hopefully we could build on that. With season kind of leading the way, I, I would hope.
3: Well, you know, I didn't want to kind of paint that picture, but that, that's not a bad scenario. You know, I mean, that's, you know, and then you know, is there is there an opportunity to us to think about you know, is twelve the right number? You know, is there, you know, do we do we are we opportunistic and we look to the AAC and think about you know a, a two ad there? You know, I, I don't know, you know, and and what would their appetite and interest be and in being a part of what we're doing here? Um, you know, we're we're. We've been, you know, when you look at the, well, that's not so true uh, with the departure of, you know, some of the schools, TCU in, in in Utah in particular, but, you know, we've been we've been kind of the launching pad for a lot of the, you know, you know, people that transitioned to the A5 level, um, so, you know, I, I I think we we still can play, you know, great athletics, you know, on the football side and the other programs as well.
0: How about, uh, what's your thoughts on the volleyball team right now? They lost for the first time to UNC in like decades, um, struggled last year for really the first time that we've ever seen under Coach Hilbert. Is this just a program in a rebuilding phase right now?
3: Uh, I think it's a little bit too early to call. You know, if you if you remember what happened towards the end of last season, you know, a little bit roster composition, but, but uh, you know, they, they found a way to, to win, I think, five of the last seven matches that they played in league and, And, uh, you know, I don't think the story's absolutely told, you know, I, I think they are trying to figure out and find a way to, to play a more cohesive brand of volleyball that we're more accustomed to, um, you know, uh, you know, I think each and every one of us should have, you know, huge confidence in who Tom is, uh, is a leader and a head coach and, you know, he's, uh, he's going to work hard to get it right. Um, you know, they, you know, it's hard to lose to UNC. Uh, it's not what you want to see happen, but we get to play another UNC this week too. So who knows, maybe something good comes of that match.
0: And then how about the uh, the new addition in, to the basketball schedule, men's basketball, adding Alabama. It's already a, a great schedule shaping up. Um, a lot of really good opponents on that. How, how do you formulate, and I know that Nico kind of spearheads it, but you're you're involved in kind of crafting the right kind of schedule for for what your personnel is each year, but how do you how do you balance that and and what are your thoughts on this year's basketball set schedule?
3: Yeah, I, I think you know Nico and his staff have done a phenomenal job, and and unlike football, it it it, it is more um, you know you know more led by the coaching staff. You know they, it, it's very fluid. You know, I mean it it's it's happening. You know. You know, oftentimes at the last minute, as demonstrated, you know, by the games that we've been able to put together late in the game. Um, But um, you know, I think we we sit down and we talk philosophically with Nico about what we're trying to achieve. You know, what what we're trying to do with as it relates to road games, neutral site. You know, trying to attract good good uh, home non-conference home game opponents, Um, and then you know, he and his staff kind of turn their relationships loose. And it's just such an active dynamic space, you know, that, that, uh, you know, I feel a a heck of a lot of confidence in what Nico and his team can do. And they, you know, staff that is, as it relates to scheduling. Um, Steve Cottingham, who's our deputy athletics director, he's, you know, his background was at Marquette, you know, so he's, he's got a real uh, good concept of kind of fine tuning the non-conference schedule. So he's in Daily communication with Nico and, and his staff as they're kind of working through things, but um, you know, Nico, Nico's not you know. I mean, he wants to challenge the team. He thinks that uh, that's the the way that they get recognized and and uh, put themselves in the best position if they're successful to earn a earn a bid into the NCAA tournament. All right, horns versus tusks, right? That's
0: that's uh right.
3: That
0: was yeah. a great graphic it's a great graphic uh you guys got anything else for for joe before we let him go how
2: how much longer until we get the full uh schedule for uh, men and women's basketball
3: oh yeah mike i mean complete as it relates to even tv you know a couple more weeks probably before that's before that's together maybe a little bit longer yeah um you know, and part of that is too is you know Nico's trying to manufacture opportunities to you know to play on high platforms for broadcast and get that kind of recognition. You know, we we played the San Diego State game last year on big CBS, and you know there's maybe a chance that can happen again this year with with the home game that we'll host. So a lot of opportunity for ourselves to to you know show show who we are. Well, let's start with Friday night in Canvas. Friday nights.
0: Yep. yep. All right, Joe, well, appreciate your time and uh, really can't wait for for the game and right. game day
3: being yeah. there. Yeah, same, same. Look forward to seeing everyone. All right. I'll save a uh, rabbit broth for you so you can rabbit
2: stop by brat. and enjoy one.
3: Ooh. All right.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about that, Mike. <laughs> 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 All right, Joe, thanks so much.
3: All right, you guys, appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right, that will do it. Thanks to our very special guest, Joe Parker. Thanks to Dan Miller from Mighty River Brewing Company joining us today. And, of course, my buddy, Mike Rowe, for being here every week. Thanks to all you guys for listening. Let's go get a win Friday night. we got to start off the right way. Come on, channel all of our positive energy. Be loud at Canvas. And let's uh, create some momentum, create a bandwagon effect for the rest of the year. All right, before you go, please stop by and check out the greatness of Ginger and Baker. Grab a craft cocktail or something from their award-winning wine list. Enjoy delicious apps, hand-cut Colorado steaks, chops, fresh fish. The cafe has live and local music every Thursday on the patio. There's just several great options within this one building where you can enjoy all types of different food and drinks inside ginger and baker they just recently began construction on the rooftop by the way which is now going to be closed until november they're transforming it into a glass enclosed all season space for dining and events so that is going to be really cool so uh stay tuned for that that will be reopened sometime in november they're expecting so ginger Graham has got what i think the best dining experience in all of fort collins stop by ginger and baker that's it for us go rams i got my squirrel bone but didn't pick out finally got a